Okay, here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit or Miss, a baseball podcast hosted by me, Alexandra Aguila, and today we are recording Thursday's episode, episode 5, and this one is going to be a different kind of episode. Um, I'm recording this one late on Thursday, so maybe you guys won't listen to it until Friday, but basically this week was my first week of school. I started on Wednesday and it has been tough. Let me just tell you that. Um, I'm starting junior year, which is by far the hardest year of high school, most will say. And it's definitely true. Two days in, I have been extremely tired, overwhelmed, stressed, and all of the above. So I'm trying to bet my best to kind of manage my time wisely and everything. So that is why this episode is still going to get done on Thursday because, you know, I got to keep you guys in the loop and just gotta get on that grind. So basically this episode is just maybe might be a little bit shorter and a little bit more condensed than others, but I promise Monday's episode will be back to normal. We'll have a bunch of things to talk about and then Saturday's episode about the Cubs will be a jam-packed episode too. So don't worry, not all these episodes are going to be boring now that school is starting, but definitely going to be different and maybe a little bit shorter, but hey, we're still talking about baseball, which means it's still fun. So definitely still tune in. Um, But without further ado, let's get into it. So the first topic we're going to talk about, let me just put it out there, kind of a disclaimer. A lot of things didn't really happen in the past, I don't know, three days in the baseball world right now. I mean, these like teams like that are division rivals keep going head to head so I guess that's like been some pretty exciting baseball to watch like the Mets and Braves um as well as like the Rays and the Yankees and then the Yankees and the Blue Jays play today as well so just series like those are definitely like kind of like must watch baseball I know today Max Fried and Jacob deGrom both pitched against each other definitely was a good game I'll recap that one on Monday but yeah, just not a lot of main, many like eye-opening things like that that we usually see. So I'm still going to try to make these very enthusiastic and exciting because you know what? Nothing is small in baseball and you just got to take everything to the max. So that's what we're going to do today. But that's enough of that. Let's get started on the man, the myth, the legend, Shohei Otani, who just got a new pitch. He pitched his new pitch, which is a sinking two-seam fastball for the first time against the Mariners recently, which was kind of a shock to everyone. I think um, reporters and, like, obviously the coaching staff knew that he had that pitch in him, but, like, he just didn't throw it. He's been practicing it a little bit here and there, but never really had, like, the willingness to throw it in a real game, and he did. He threw it six times in the game with an average of... 97.3 miles per hour and then he hit 98.1 miles per hour so definitely not bad by Shohei um we knew he had it in him obviously like what can't this guy do it's a surprise but then not a surprise at the same time but yeah I mean this guy is just having an incredible season better than last season offensively on the bat yes he was better last season but defensively pitching wise he's just been phenomenal this year with a 2.69 ERA and that it tops last year and everybody last year was like it can't get better than this and he literally just did it so 
really, really good stuff. We're seeing Pai Shohei Otani recently on the pitching side, really seeing him develop his mechanics, reaching that top speed, top velocity, things like that. So hopefully he gets to throw this two-seam fastball a lot more often because looking at it, it's pretty nasty. I mean, honestly, definitely a good pitch to have in your pocket always. The more pitches, the merrier. So definitely definitely good stuff by Shohei Otani not surprised but surprised at the same time so hopefully he keeps it up and hopefully we get to see this pitch a lot more often against right-handers and left-handers so it's going to be pretty interesting to see how hitters really take it because they haven't really seen this pitch from him so that's definitely something to watch but yeah so that was really the whole topic about how Shohei Otani introduced his new pitch to the baseball world moving on more about baseball obviously MLB umpires all right this is a hot topic MLB umpires are getting beat up right now they are literally getting thrown shade at them thrown punches everything is going down right now in the umpire association per se so basically we know that this year things have been a little bit rough with the calls at like especially home plate and the calls just everywhere on the field in general now we have the umpires mic'd up so that they get to announce to the fans what the call is, what they're challenging, things like that, which obviously has helped a lot. I personally think so. I, watching, being a Cubs fan and watching marquee sports um, basically every day when the Cubs are playing, Boog Shambi always said, I really wish that the fans got to know what was going on on the field when there was a review or there was a replay. And literally he's exactly right like at home we know because we hear the broadcasters tell us right but if you're sitting in the stands you have absolutely no clue what they're talking about no clue what they're challenging like yeah if they show it on the video board like okay yeah but at the same time when if the call gets overturned you never know why if the call like remains the same okay what like why so that kind of information i think is helpful for fans just so they get an idea of like okay why is this being overturned and this one not so I really think that was a good job by MLB to kind of mic them up and let the fans know and the rest of the world know what's going on and just keep them in the loop of the game so there's no confusion so that was something that was implemented this year with umpires but another thing this year was that for some reason I don't know if it's just a bad season for umps or what the deal is but they are just not having a great season. I mean, you see like the amount of strikes getting called balls and then vice versa is just like insane this year. And then the foul balls down the line, another thing. And like just the late calls. Earlier today when the Mets and Braves were playing, I was watching the game and literally the third base umpire took at least 10 seconds to make a call if whether the ball was foul or fair and this was a ball that was hit in the air by a Mets player down the third base side but like kind of leaning towards a foul pole so it was like being determined if it was a home run or not it was kind of a close call but towards the end it, it was it ended up being foul and you could see that in real time too it wasn't like super super close that it was like eh, I don't know I mean it was obviously like a crew chief review because they have to like review those things if they're close like that but to take 10 seconds to make a call on the field by a third base umpire is absurd to me the left fielder literally made the call before the umpire he was like po- Robbie Grossman was pointing that it was foul so 
I mean, that was just like something that has not happened, I believe, before. And we're seeing like a mass abruption of just those types of things happening. And it's just not okay for the game of baseball right now. Like we need umpires to be on their game 24-7. I know there are a bunch of new umpires this season, but at the same time, we just need them to be focused and get on the game. And as well as the people in New York, like the rules of whether a call stands or overturns is always just so weird. And we're going to bring up another example and kind of why this is coming up so suddenly and why now. So basically, Guardians catcher Austin Hedges wants MLB to apologize to him after a call was made at home plate. So the home plate calls are specifically getting kind of the backlash right now. And it's not, it wasn't just like the games with the Guardians. It was much more than that. Cubs game recently there was an issue at home plate the thing is is that when you're going when if there's a runner on third going to home plate or runner on second vice versa whatever it is running to home plate the throw comes in and the catcher catches the ball it's all about the setup and the foot placement of the catcher to determine if the player has lane or not and it's basically to not get called like with catcher's interference it's textbook baseball. Like you have to know what the exact rules are. And a good example of that is what Yadier Molina has done. That guy plays textbook baseball in the best way possible. Like I mean that in many, many positive ways. The way he sets up as the play as soon as he gets the throw coming to home is just so like perfect that he is one of the people that like the call could get overturned if it was called catcher's interference. And that's the thing. It's like so like odd because uh, many things in baseball aren't textbook. Many positions and plays that are made aren't by the book these days. But the way that you have to set up at home plate is. And it's so specific that a lot of players kind of get like unfair calls at times because they just maybe their foot was too much to the left. It could be simple things like that. And I think that is what a bunch of players are upset about is how precise they need to be or like where they need to be in order to either have that call stand or have the call be overturned. So that is like a big deal. Like for example, like if the catcher catches the ball coming in from home, right? He catches the ball immediately if he has the ball in his glove he is allowed then to either put a knee down or put a foot down close to home plate it looks like he's blocking the plate but in reality once you have the ball it's up to the catcher to position himself in order to make the tag that's really what like the rule kind of states in all like in simple terms and then the runner from there has to attempt to maneuver his way the thing is if the ball gets there before the runner that's where it causes like a lot of confusion and problems because a lot of the times they kind of happen and occur at the same time that nobody really knows okay then what except for the people in New York and I think that has been kind of a big topic is like okay these calls all of a sudden are getting overturned and not getting called catcher's interference, but this hasn't happened. Like these calls aren't usually do get called like catcher's interference. That's like the most call that stays standing. I mean, like you don't have a, like if the umpire calls, okay, catcher's interference and they're like, okay, let's review it. 
oh, never mind. Like that never happens. The last time that happened was in 2014. So it's odd that it's happening now. And it's like, why now? Like, why not last year? Like now? So I don't know. It's just the preciseness of how everything has been lately. I mean, eight calls at home have been overturned. Like I said, that's the most since 2014. And a lot of teams are upset about this and they just, and they want an apology or I don't know. They just want justification on why these calls are getting overturned because they feel as if it's unfair and never happened before. Why now? So that's basically the whole big deal with MLB umpires as well as the Players Association. At this point, like, I don't know. I feel like it's just going to remain the same as of now and catchers are just going to need to learn how to play textbook catching positions when there's a throw at home. Um, And as well as the runners, I guess, are just going to have to find a way to maneuver it. I feel like this rule might be changed in the offseason just because of the controversy that it's causing as of now. And obviously the robot umps aren't going to be coming until at least I'll give it like five, ten years. So, I mean, at this point, like, the best MLB can do to kind of remove this label that is now put on them by the players and by teams and by fans as well is to just kind of make some critiques to the rule um, and just not make it so strict because it's at some point it gets annoying like I know that sometimes there has to be a right way and then there's a wrong way or there's like a correct incorrect right but there are other things where it's just like come on like, just because, like, his foot was a little too much this way, or it wasn't th- too much that way, it determines a whole entire call. So, I don't know. That's what I think. I hope that this issue gets figured, gets figured out for the players, for the teams, and for the fans. So, that is really the umpire situation that is currently occurring in MLB. Um, moving on to a team I talk about a lot because they're a team that needs to be talked about a lot, the New York Yankees, who I said in past episodes, maybe it was episode three, I think it was last week, and I was like, Yankees fans, do not worry. Do not worry about your season and the outcome of your season. This is just a short little slump. You'll get out of it. Everything's going to be fine. You have a very wide lead in the division. You guys are good. You're the best team in baseball. Everything is fine. Well, let me reverse that statement and bring it on back because Yankees fans, I think this is the time to worry. What is going on? The Yankees have lost five series in a row now since the deadline. Like, how is this even, like, possible? Yes, they have injuries on their roster. I understand that. But at the same time, you're playing teams. You should be winning these games. The Rays, who currently just almost swept, I think they took like two out of three from the Yankees. I mean, the Rays are a good team, but the Yankees are better. Like, we are losing, the Yankees, I'm sorry, are losing series that they should be winning. And now I feel like is the time to panic and the rest of the dugout is panicking as well. We saw that clip of Anthony Rizzo freaking out in the dugout because of a call an umpire made. He was just not having it through like started like throwing things or not throwing things but he was like hitting his helmet things like that. Everybody is frustrated and it's not only the fans it's the players as well. So it's like what are we going to do? Like 
what are the Yankees going to do because now is the time to panic and now is the time to get our blank together and just go and win games because this cannot be happening if the Yankees want to go and win the World Series or even win a division at this point. I mean, right now, they lost to the Blue Jays 9-2. to Like, I understand, like, the Blue Jays are also a good team, but for having a 10-game lead above them, they should be, you know, at least scoring or a couple more runs to not make the differential 7. So, I mean, right now, obviously, they're still in first place. They're 73 and 45, though. In their last 10, they're 3 and 7. The Rays are behind them, obviously, not very close. They're nine and a half, but who's to say they're not going to catch up at this point? The Rays have a schedule of really, like, compared to the Yankees, it's pretty easy. They play the Royals, then they play the Angels. The Red Sox a little bit tougher, but then they play the Marlins. The Yankees again, who they just come off of a series win from. So, honestly, the Yankees just need to get this together because it's just not going well right now, and everyone's feeling it right now. Everyone. So, honestly, it's just time to get off that slump. Like, we need a wake-up call. They need a wake-up call or something. Just something to just get them back on the track that they once wore in. They play some easy and hard teams in recent days, (laughs) in upcoming days. They play the Blue Jays. Obviously, they have a four-game series with them. Um, Two-game series with the Mets, which is going to be difficult because we know that the New York Mets have been playing really good baseball as of lately and are currently the best team in New York and second-best team in the National League. They go on to play the Athletics, who the Yankees should probably win, the Angels, Yankees again, and then the Rays and the Twins. So those two series against the A's and against the Angels are very crucial to this Yankees team. If you don't win those two series, at least split at this point, we have to reevaluate some things and there has to be some reevaluation amongst the team because those two series really mean a lot. They do. I mean, as well as, like, the important series, you got the Rays, you might, you got the Twins, guys like that, as well as the Mets, but those two series that you should be able to take a win over, and if you don't, that's gonna cause some things just to, like, flop, you know, the moves that they made at the deadline, all the moves at the offseason, things like that, might just smack them in the face, and then, you know, here we are, so... The Yankees need to pick it up and need to go back to the team they were in June and July because this is just not working out for them. So I think I speak for Yankees fans when they say that they are frustrated and it's just upsetting. Obviously, they don't like to see their team lose, but I mean, on on Wednesday, they did get that walk-off win, um, Grand Slam, I believe it was. And the Yankees won 8-7. to seven. So just barely avoiding that sweep. But at the same time, it shouldn't come to this. So that's what I got to say about the Yankees. Moving on to a hot team right now, the Atlanta Braves, who just have signed their Rookie of the Month, probably their best prospect. Michael Harris II has signed to an eight-year extension for $72 million. Alex Anthopoulos might be the best GM in baseball, honestly. Like, he just knows 
how to negotiate and he knows how to keep guys honestly that's something I wish the Cubs GM knew how to do <laughs> throwing a little bit of Cubs shout out in there but honestly like Alex Anthopoulos just keeps making these moves that make Braves fans happy he's a people guy and I love that about him right now he has Harris locked up he has Matt Olsen locked up Austin Riley Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzie Albies all locked up for many many years so Braves fans be prepared to see them play for more upcoming years other guys who Braves fans adore and want Alex to resign them would be obviously Dansby Swanson who has been a big part of this team and a big part of Atlanta hopefully that extension gets done for the Braves fans but honestly the fact that it hasn't happened yet is a little bit concerning so who knows what's going to happen with that but on the bright side I mean you got at least like five guys locked up ready to play every single day in that Braves uniform. So very nice managerial jobs and nice job by the front office of the Atlanta Braves to just get these deals done. So that was what happened over there in Atlanta, keeping on the National League. Unfortunately, Joey Votto will undergo season-ending surgery, which is extremely disappointing. I mean, I know we know that the Reds aren't going to be a competing team and they're kind of going through a somewhat complicated process as of now in the organization so unfortunate news to hear but and it doesn't really affect him greatly but Joey Votto has been having a good season I mean he has a 205 average he has a 689 OPS 11 home runs 66 hits 41 RBIs so pretty good season by Joey Votto he's always just a fun guy to watch play baseball the attitude that he has just amazing and great. I mean, he's literally probably the face of the Reds. So to see him out for the entire season is going to be extremely devastating. But he does have an injury, which is a torn left rotator cuff. And I guess this has been an injury since 2015. And I guess he's just played through it. But recent MRIs show that he just can't anymore. So he's going to have to get the surgery which will be a six-month recovery. So, unfortunately, we'll not get to see him play anymore. Hopefully, he gets to still make TikToks because he is the best TikToker out there. I literally love his TikToks. They're so funny. But best of wishes to Joey Votto. Speedy recovery. Um, we obviously want to see him back. So, that's really the news with him. And then ending it off, we're going to end it off with Brett. Beatty, who has been an absolute stud for the Mets in the past two games. Just incredible. He debuted um, yesterday and literally debut, home run. He did that. Had one home run in his debut, first at bat. Played today, had one hit, struck out once. But you know what? He is just such he was a fun player to watch I got to watch him a little bit on tv his family was there incredible incredible debut by him he's just a top prospect that the Mets have had for a while so for him to be brought up was just incredible and for his family to be there as well such a special moment but really nice stuff we're seeing by Brett Beatty so hopefully he gets more time on this Mets team and 
when the Mets go to the postseason. Hopefully he's up there with them. So really good stuff by Brett Beatty. Definitely going to be a guy to watch in New York. Um, so that is super exciting for Mets fans. We love the young guys. He's only 22 years old. So really nice stuff by him. So that really recaps this week's Thursday episode. Like I said, it was short. I'm, I apologize. Have a lot going on, but we still are going to go with our hit or miss team. And this Thursday episode, our hit team is going to be the Cleveland Guardians, who have absolutely been raking as of recently from the pitching to the hitting to everything. Like just putting away the drama with the whole catcher situation, home plate collision thing. Perfect baseball by the Guardians. Yes, they have lost a few games, but they are also in really, really good contention and in really good place in the standing right now. Obviously, I mentioned this on Monday. The AL Central is a tight, tight division with the Twins in second place, only a game in, a game behind. White Sox third place, two and a half games behind. So definitely a tight division, but the Guardians just have been playing exceptional baseball, have won the last seven out of 10 games. And honestly, I just couldn't say enough really good baseball. They have fairly an easy schedule in the upcoming few days towards the weekend, and then on Tuesday they play the White Sox, but then things get a little bit harder with the Padres and the Mariners, but then slowing down with the Orioles in early September, late August. So hopefully some good series dubs by the Guardians to kind of help them out and pull out that stretch in the division, giving them a little bit more of a cushion in first place, but it's going to be an exciting AL Central. I feel like nobody has been really watching the AL Central this season, so definitely go look at that because those three teams are going to battle it out till the end, and it's going to be fun to see who ends up on top. But like I said, the Cleveland Guardians are my hit team of the week. And then moving on to my missed team, this one was a hard one to pick out because there really wasn't a team that like spoke to me that was like, okay, this team is just has not been performing like the way that we've seen them besides the Yankees, but I already, they were my missed team in Monday's episode, so can't pick them again, but there was just not really a team who just like spoke to me and was like, this team has just not been performing like they usually do. They're just off their game recently or like what is going on? But a team who has been kind of iffy this season. They lose against really good teams, but then they win against fairly not good teams has been the San Francisco Giants, who have just been kind of an inconsistent team this whole entire season. Obviously, you have the news of, was 2021 a fluke? Did they not actually like win all these games? Like, How can they go to being one of the best teams in the league, literally the best record in the league last year to having not such a good record this year. They're 59 and 59 right now, have won six out of their last 10, and they're in third place, and they're 22 and a half games behind. So obviously the NL West is going to be a tough division to be a part of. You got the Dodgers and you got the Padres, and they haven't done well against those teams. So unfortunately, that puts them in a unfortunate spot, but they have been winning against kind of those low market teams, those teams who haven't been doing good, such as the Pirates. But when it comes to the Dodgers, the Padres, those teams who are just above 500 right now and 
are playing fairly good baseball, they haven't been producing as much. Yes, they are more of an older crowd and they do have an older team, um, but we just thought it, they would be able to pull it out again. And unfortunately, that just hasn't been the case this season. So they are going to have to be my missed team of this Thursday episode. And that just finishes off the episode. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you guys again on Saturday for a Cubs episode and then Monday for a big, big baseball episode. Another thing before I close it out, Fernando Tatis drama I discussed on Monday, but since then there have been a few, a little bit, a few discussions here and there. Pedro Martinez spoke on the situation. It became a whole big drama and he took sides that said, well, I'm going to give Fernando Tatis Jr. a pass. This blame is going to the Padres. And uh, there's a lot of controversy with that. I mean, he was on like the TBS MLB show. And let's just say it got heated on there. But I don't know. Like, I really didn't understand like what his point was. I feel like he meant to say like the Padres should have been more involved in the situation, which I think is true. But at the end of the day, Tatis made the decision to do it and not to do it. So that was like a whole big controversy going on. And then another thing is Fernando Tatis Sr. came out with a statement as well, saying that he took this medication for an injury that wasn't ringworm. So this story that Tatis is putting out there is not adding up, is kind of starting to sound like a lie we don't know what's the truth and what's not anymore because fernando tatis jr is saying one thing he's saying it's ringworm his dad is saying it's not ringworm he didn't like say like it's not ringworm but he said it was he didn't even mention ringworm so at this point who knows what's going on but the bottom line is is that he did it he took performance enhancing drugs and he will be out for 80 games and that's final And he can't, like, say anything to not do it. I mean, he tried to appeal, didn't work out. So, at this point, it is what it is. An unfortunate occurrence, but at this point, the pointing fingers thing is just going to create, like, more drama. So, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, I will see you guys Saturday and Monday. I hope you guys have a great day.